What's going on guys? Hey listen, thank you for being with us for week one of Lives We've Been Told, right? And so it's going to be a really conversational series as we talk about some misconceptions about God that we all have, we've all had at some point in our lives, or maybe we still live by. We really want to talk about that, but in order to do that today, I really want to be a little different. So first of all, I want to thank you for being with us, ask you to share this, like this, uh, get your notebooks out, take some notes, but I want you to take a ride with me today as we get on and we talk about what it means to serve an on-demand God. It's going to be a good day. Let's get ready. Make sure we buckle up, guys. Make sure we buckle up. So, I'm so glad you guys are jumping in with us and being a part of this whole thing. It's going to be a blast today as we go through. I don't know if you've ever thought about how many things in our lives are actually on demand. Like, it's actually kind of crazy when you think about how many things are on demand. Maybe this morning, before you ever jumped on this stream, before you ever got on here, maybe you binge something on Netflix. I know a lot of you have been binging stuff on Netflix because Tiger King is the number one rated TV show in America. TV show, not just like streaming service. It's insane. The show's insane, but it's, it's crazy how popular it is too. But anyway, it, you know, on demand is, is one of those things that's not just TV, really. On demand is, think about it, we can go to a gas station, which I'm going to do here in a minute. We can get a red box. Right? We can go get a red box and uh, we can get a movie anytime we want to and watch that with our kids. Not only that, but um, food, right? Right now you can't go to a restaurant and we can't sit and enjoy each other's company in a restaurant, but we can go to a restaurant. We can do all kinds of things. We can, we can drive up. You can order a Big Mac. You can order a Whopper. You can order, this is my favorite, Wendy's Chicken Nuggets. You can do all kinds of things. On demand. It's all on demand. Hey, I've got my morning coffee sitting right here beside me from Starbucks. Why? It's on demand. Car wash. Car a little dirty? Pollen overtaking your car? Go drive through a car wash. On demand. Everything in our lives lately is on demand. And if we're not careful, we can begin to believe a, a spiritual lie that we serve a God that is on, on demand. We serve a God that's on demand. Have you ever prayed a prayer and in that prayer, right, you pray for something to happen. Maybe you're praying for healing over somebody. Maybe you're praying for a financial breakthrough. Maybe you're praying for a job. Whatever it is, and it doesn't happen. And when it doesn't happen, it shakes you. It bothers you. It's, it's this thing like God didn't come through for me. But what if God did come through? What if God came through, it just wasn't, on demand, right? So many of you know I have a pacemaker. I've had a pacemaker going on 14 years. For 14 years of my life, I have prayed almost daily for God to heal my heart, to take the pacemaker out, to make it so that I don't have to have a computer or a, or, or a mechanical device to keep me alive, literally keep me alive. Well, just last week, I went in for another surgery to have the battery replaced because my fourth pacemaker that I've had in 14 years, the battery went dead. Some would look and say, well, God hasn't answered your prayers. I would say maybe he has, just not in the way that 
I want him to. See, when we think that God should answer our prayers in the way that we want, God should answer our prayers in the way that we believe, we, we begin to treat God like a gumball machine. I've often said it's a gumball faith whenever we think like that. It's We put a prayer in, we turn the handle of good works and doing the right thing all the time, and then we get an answer out for our prayer. Then we walk away, we rejoice over that answer, and we enjoy that answer, and then we come back when we want another answer. The truth is, that's not God. Because when we think that we serve an on-demand God, when we think that God is just this on-demand genie, or gumball machine, if you will, when we think that, then we think we're the story, we're the main character of the story of the Bible. We're not. You and I are not the main character of the Bible. You and I are not the main character of faith. You and I are not the main character of God. The main character of God is Jesus. It is God Himself. It is the Holy Spirit. The main characters are already there. We, we are here to serve God. God is, is not here to serve us. And sometimes we can misuse Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, right? It says, Ask and you shall receive. Knock and the door will be open. We use that a lot of times. We're going, hey, God said ask, and if I ask in His name and I, and I pray for it, right? If I spend 20 minutes a day in prayer and I ask God for this, it's going to happen. Maybe, but that's not what Jesus was talking about whenever He quoted that. Here's what Jesus was talking about. He wasn't talking about, hey, when you want a new car, when you want a new vehicle, ask and it will be given to you. No, He's, he's talking about salvation. He's talking about the kingdom of God. He's talking about the love of of the Father. He's talking about the forgiveness of the Savior. He's not talking about our selfish wants, our 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 interior needs, our our our, our materialistic things that we want. He's talking about salvation and and I just want to tell you the reason some of us get shaken whenever we don't get the answer we want from God in our faith and we walk away from faith and we wonder if God is true and we wonder if God is really faithful and He does all the things that He says He's going to do. I, I want to tell you the reason that it shakes us to that point is because deep down, we may think we're not serving an on-demand God, but when those moments happen and we don't get what we want and we throw a, a hissy fit or a temper tantrum like our kids do in those moments, we're actually in our brains, in our hearts, deep down within, an on-demand God is a real thing. And so I want to tell you this. I want to go ahead and get this out of the way. On-demand God does not exist. An on-demand God is not real. An on-demand God is a figment of our imagination. An on-demand God is something that Hollywood has created within us to believe that anything we want, no matter what, we can have. And the truth is, that's not spiritual. That's not biblical. That's not what God is here for because we are not the main characters of the story God is. So there's there's three things. If he's not an on-demand God, right? If he's not the on-demand, let me click the button and binge watch what God's going to do in my life. Let me put a prayer in, twist the handle of good works, and get an answer out. If that's not who God is, who is God then? Because maybe that's the only way that you've ever known God. Maybe you gave your life to Jesus over Easter through our service and where over 7,000 people were reached and the gospel was presented to them last week and you gave your life to Jesus over Easter. Or maybe it's been one of the 40,000 plus people that we've reached on social media since the pandemic has hit. I don't know. 
Maybe you've given your life to Jesus recently, or maybe you did it a long time ago, and you just have this ingrained mentality of religious nonsense that God is just here to answer our prayers. I want to tell you who God really is. Number one, write this down. I want you to know that God's heart is always loving. God's heart is always loving. Don't ever forget that Jesus is Savior, but God is Father. God is our Father. If you have kids, you'll understand what I'm saying, but there's never a moment in our lives where we don't love our kids. There may be moments where we're frustrated with our kids. There may be moments where we don't agree with our kids. There may be moments that are difficult to handle with our kids, especially right now as we're isolated and quarantined all the time with our kids, right? But can I just tell you that right now, there's never a moment that we don't love our kids. Now, because we love our kids, we're more concerned about developing something in them rather than doing things for them, right? So when they ask us, hey, can I have candy for breakfast, which I get that question like every day. The answer is no, because that's not healthy. That's not good. We're not going to get in that habit, right? When your child is playing dumb and doesn't want to do their homework, you don't do their homework for them. You teach them how to do it. Why? Because you want to develop something in them, not just do everything for them. And sometimes developing something in them is showing them more love than giving in to them. And I want you to hear that because I want you to know that We don't serve an on-demand God, but we serve a loving Father. And we serve a loving God that wants to develop something for the long haul in us. That's why the fruits of the Spirit are there, because it's developing something in us that is going to enrich our lives and the lives of others. Sometimes when God doesn't answer the prayer that we think He should answer in the way that we believe He should answer it, I want you to know that the reason isn't because He doesn't love you. The reason actually is because He's developing you. You know, I don't know why after 14 years I still have a pacemaker. I may get to be 995 years old with a pacemaker still in my chest. Guess what? It's okay if that's what God wants. Because it's not about Him answering my prayer. It's about Him developing who I am. And so I want to read, or I want to tell you about Romans chapter 8, verse 35. It makes this statement. Romans 8, 35 says, Who can separate us? Who can separate us? Who can divide us from the love of Christ, right? What can divide us from the love of Christ? Romans 8.35 is so powerful, and it asks that powerful question. What can separate us? What can divide us from the love of Christ? Is it a pandemic? Is it a sickness? Is it a paycheck? Is it a job? Is it a broken relationship? Well, Romans 8, 37 through 39 actually answers that question. What can separate us from the love of Christ? It says says, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. It says neither life nor death nor angels nor principalities. And it goes on and it continues listing all these things. And it says nothing can separate us from the love of Christ, from the love of Jesus. You need to hear that today. I know things are up in the air and it's difficult and it's frustrating and it's hard and and things are just rough right now. I want you to hear me as we're taking this ride and we're having this conversation that I know things may be turned upside down and uncertain, but nothing can separate you from the love of Christ ever. Jesus loves you where you are, but he loves you entirely, entirely too much to leave you there. 
God doesn't prove his love to us by answering our prayers in the way that we want him to answer them. God proved his love to us by the sacrifice of his only son, Jesus, who died on a cross. And three days later, as we celebrated last week, he resurrected again from, from, the, from the tomb and he held the keys of death, hell, and the grave. We don't serve an on-demand God because God is not here to serve us. We are here to serve him. So number one, God's heart is always loving. Number two, God's ways are always higher. God's ways are always higher. Some of you are enjoying this car ride with me right now because you're getting a perspective of town that you haven't gotten in quite a while. You've had to sit at your house or, you know, just look at YouTube videos of the world and and try to remember what things were like. But can I just let you know that perspective is a big deal. His ways are always higher than ours. Things happen in life that, man, they just don't make sense. Bad things happen to people that are good. Traumatic injuries take place to people that are faithful. Churches close doors. Pastors commit adultery. Just bad things take place that don't make sense. Babies get sick and pass away. COVID-19 hits and shuts everything down. Like my point is, is things happen that we can't understand. And I wish I could sit here today and I wish I could tell you this truth. I wish I could explain everything away. But if I could, I'd be God. And I promise you I'm not. But what I can tell you is this. When we don't understand what's taking place, we have to remember this thought, this truth, that God works outside of our time and our frame of reference. God is bigger than finite time. He is infinite and eternal. He is omniscient and omnipresent. He is God, the loving Father. Isaiah chapter 55 verses 8 through 9 tells us that His ways are higher than our ways and His thoughts are greater than our thoughts. Man, I just want us to take take comfort and peace and hope in the fact that when we don't understand, that's actually okay because it probably means that he's working in a way that is outside of our frame of reference. And I don't know about you, but in my life, I don't always need things that I can understand within my finite human human brain. In fact, what I need is I need an eternal, loving, gracious, and good God that understands things that I don't understand and works on my behalf in His realm, in His goodness, and in His grace. And when I don't get it, I can trust Him anyway. Maybe you've got some people in your life and you just don't get it. You don't get why they're going through what they're going through. You don't get what they're doing uh, uh, with their lives. You don't get what's happening to them. You don't understand why there's friends and there's family members that are in a hospital room. See, we're about, to, we're about to order some lunch. But you know what the truth is? Get this. The food may be on demand, but my God isn't. He's already got it all under control because His ways, His perspective is higher. His thoughts are greater. And when I don't get it, He still does. And I love Him, and I trust Him, and I give Him everything I've got. Why? Because He sees something that I may not see yet. He understands something that I don't see. I actually love the scripture, Hebrews chapter 11, 
in verse 1. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1 says that faith is the essence of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Faith is not a tangible, seen aspect of our lives. Faith is this simple. Faith is hoping for something that we really don't know if it's going to happen, but we believe that it can. And faith is allowing what we haven't seen yet to develop our actions, our convictions, our heartbeat, our hands, to develop everything that we do. Faith develops who we are because of what we believe. God's ways are always higher. God's heart is always loving. And here's the last one. God's presence is always enough. God's presence. Please hear me. I'm not just talking about like, you know, sitting in a church service and you feel goosebumps. We're going to talk about that later in the series. I'm talking about God's presence, knowing that he is always with us. He always loves us. He's always there. The Bible promises that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. And I love Psalm chapter 23 and verse 4 because it says this, As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Here's why I love that. It's because in my deepest, darkest, most frustrating, hurtful, misunderstanding, world upside down times, God can lead me and he directs me with his rod and his staff. Well, in order for him to do that, he has to be close to me. He has to be near me. He's not leaving me. His presence is always enough for me to be able to walk through darkness, for you to be able to walk through a shadow, for us to be able to walk through a valley or a mountaintop and just go, God, your presence is enough. You don't have to answer the way that I want you to answer. You don't have to do what I want you to do. You don't have to do it in the way that I want you to do it. But God, your presence alone, as long as you are here, as long as you are sitting with me in the car, as long as you are laying in the hospital room with me, as long as you are there with my family member or my friend that is struggling, as long as you're holding me at night, as long as you're holding my hand, as long as your rod and your staff comfort me, as long as you are there, God, I can handle this. I don't have to understand it. I don't even have to get completely through it. I just know that I'm going to be all right because you're right there with me. I don't have to worry about what may happen to me because I know that you are with me. Let me repeat that. We don't have to worry about what may happen to us because we know that God is with us. God's presence is always, not sometimes, not every now and then, God's presence is always enough. Even when it's not enough in my life for me. In my answer, God's presence is always enough. God is God in the good. and God is God in the bad. He's not just a gumball machine that spits out an answer and spits out a presence and spits out these things only when I need him to and, and then I show back up. No, God is always present. God is always with us. He is God in the good. He is God in the bad. I, I love thinking about the Israelites leaving Egypt, the slavery of the Egyptians. And throughout the wilderness, so they go on this journey and, and they, they're leaving the uh, Egyptian slavery. They go on this journey in the wilderness and then they end up 
in the promised land of Jericho. You know what I love about that? God was with the Israelites when they were in slavery. When they didn't know that he was hearing their prayers, it specifically says in Exodus that he has heard their complaints. He has heard their prayers. He has heard their mourning. He has heard their uh, crying. He was with them in Egypt. And then there's multiple miracles and things that take place in the wilderness that show that God was with them in the wilderness. Whenever they had sinned, whenever they had done wrong, when frustration had set in and it was difficult to go through, God was still with them. He covered them by day with a cloud and He led them by night with a pillar of fire. He provided manna and He brought water from a rock. God was with them in the wilderness. And then here's what I love too. God was with them in the promised land. The three stages. They were in slavery. God was with them. He delivered them. We were in slavery and sin, and God was with us, and He's delivering us. You may feel like you're in a wilderness right now, like the Israelites were in the moment, and they feel like they were just walking around. In fact, it says that instead of God, instead of God taking them through the straight, short path through the middle of town to get out of slavery, it says He took them the long way around. What's important about that? Sometimes some of you are sitting there today, and you feel like you're going through life, and it's the long way around. It's the hurtful way around. It's the difficult way around. It's not the way around that you would have taken. Hey, guess what? God's still with you. In the wilderness, God's still with you. God's still providing. God's still giving. God's still loving. And then whenever we get to the place where we reach the final destination and we're at our promised land and we're seeing the things that God always promised us to do, can I just tell you this? God's going to be with you then too. God's going to be with you. He's with us through it all. And when I know He is with me, I know that everything else is going to be okay. So we're about to order some food, right? It's on demand. I've gotten a a Redbox movie and I've binged Tiger King on Redbox. Life may be on demand. There may be things I can enjoy in life that are on demand and all that's great. But God isn't. An on-demand God doesn't exist, but a faithful, a loving, a gracious, a forgiving Father God does. And because of that, because of that truth, because of that reality, because His heart is always loving, because His ways are always higher, and because His presence is always enough, we can take rest and we can know that we are safe in the arms of God. Remember I said a few weeks ago, as long as we're in His hands, we're in His plans. I want you to take refuge today that yeah, maybe you've been living your life and you've had this religious reality that isn't real and isn't right, that God is on demand. And I don't want you to think that everything you pray is going to happen because it's not. It's not. Some people may even tell you that everything you order in life from God should come true, much like this. What you want, Pastor Travis? Double-decker taco. Yeah, man. I'll take a double-decker taco. We don't sell those. Oh, they don't sell those. So not everything's on demand here. Uh, all right, hang on just a second, okay? No, you're good. Hang on just one second. All right. I don't know. We, we can edit all this. Sure, yeah. What do y'all want? You want anything? I'm going to do... Chris, you want anything? Give me a beefy 
All right, a beefy Fritos burrito, a Baja beef gordita. Oh, then I'll take another beefy Fritos burrito. And Two Doritos Locos Tacos. That's it. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Thank you. And <laughs> they don't have everything, huh? Yeah, we'll have the entire world. Good, how are you? That's right. All right. I'm sorry about all that. No, you're fine. You're good. We would not have got rid of the double-deckers, personally, because we sold those a lot. But just not nationally, huh? Yeah, it's just a corporate's decision. Oh. Well, tell them, tell them they were wrong. Hell yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> got rid of a lot of our sales. But what was the shredded chicken griller or something like that? The chicken chocolate griller, did they get rid of those? Those are gone, too? Man. Y'all have anything left? I'm just kidding. Thank you. Have a great day. <laughs> so. Awesome. Do you need any sauce? Mild. Hey, bud. Thank you. You too. There you go, bud. So, some people may lead you to believe, and maybe you've grown up thinking this way, that everything you order from God should come. I'm just here to tell you that's not real. That's not the God I serve. That's not the God you serve. That's not even the God we want to serve. Because the truth is, if He came through on every request that we ever ask, our lives probably would be a really, really big mess. It'd be a huge mess. Because if we had everything we ever wanted, nothing would ever be enough. We'd never have character developed or anything. And so I just want us to lean into the fact that we have a God that loves us so much, He's trying to develop us, not just please us. He's trying to create a life within us that impacts and changes the world. That's why it's so important that we lean in and just go, God, you know, not my, not my way, but your way. That's why I love Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane and he's praying right before he goes in, for, uh, right before he's arrested and he knows what's going to happen. And he says this, God, if this cup can pass from me, let it. But if not, let it be your will, not mine. In other words, I don't necessarily want to go through with this, but if you want me to, I surrender and submit everything I have to you. Let that be our heart. Let that be our cry. Let that be our posture in this life. On demand may not uh, exist, but he's her father and he loves us. And so here's what I'd love to do. I'd love to pray with you right now, right where we are. I'd love to pray and ask God to forgive us of our sins. Maybe you're in the room and you go, hey, I need to give Jesus my life. I need to give Jesus my heart. I've never surrendered and submitted everything I have to him. And you may be going, well, that's kind of weird to pray while we're on a car ride. No, the truth is we can pray that anytime we want. We can pray that in our living room. We can pray that in a church service. We can pray that in a car. 
I just want you to know, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to take a ride today, because I wanted us to know that we, where we live life is where God is with us. So if you're in the room today and you're watching this and you're going, hey, I, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to give him everything I've got. I want to lay my life down and ask for forgiveness and walk into a new life with him in the kingdom of God. If that's you, I just want you to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I give you my life. I give you everything I have. I give you everything I'll ever be. Develop me. Thank you for loving me. I give you my past, my present, and my future. And I promise to do the best I can to live with you and learn more about you every single day. Thank you for welcoming me into the family of God today. Listen, if you prayed that prayer and you said it and and the Bible says if we confess with our mouths and we believe with our hearts that Jesus is Lord, then we are saved. Now, I want you to know if you did that today, you are now a part of the eternal family of God and all across the place as we watch this video, would you put your hands together and shout in your rooms today because some people have crossed from death into life today with Jesus. Come on, somebody, and make some noise. Woo, let's go. Now I want to pray one more time. I want to pray with you that maybe you've had the mentality of an on-demand God that we can just show up to a red box box of prayer. We can just show up to a drive-through and ask for what we want and we get it. Maybe we've had this theology that's messed up and this misconception of God that He is an on-demand God. I just want to pray with you today that as we change that mentality that God would help us learn how to live our lives in a place and in a way that changes other people's lives and glorifies Him. Let's pray together. Father, thank You for what You've taught us on this ride today. Thank You for what You've taught us in our lives. Thank You for empowering and equipping us to make a difference everywhere that we go. God, I thank You that Your heart is always loving. Your ways are always higher. And I thank You, God, that Your presence is always enough. Your presence is with us in a car. Your presence is with us at home. Your presence is with us where two or three gather in a church service. And we can't wait for that day. But God, be with us. Help us know who you really are. Help us change the world. And help us love you with all that we have. God, we love you. We honor you. And let us live this out. In your name we pray. Amen. Radiate Church, I love you guys. Let's go change the world this week. Invite somebody. And I'll see you next Sunday. 9, 30, and 11, right back here. Love you guys. See you then.